one of my customers does this great. He stops in at job sites. How many job sites, commercial job sites are you stopping in at trying to meet the foreman and the project managers, you know, dentist office, you're driving around all day and every dentist office you see, you stop in and say, Hey, you know, we can paint your building too. Hey everyone. Welcome back to another episode of out of the hourglass a podcast channel presented by Nova Consulting Group. We're back with NCG coach Andrew Amrine for the second installment of the KPIs by Organizational Department series. Today, with a concentrated discussion on the sales and marketing departments. With a focus on the KPIs that can generate strategic conversations and have big impact on your top line revenue, it's clear these departments should have an open line of communication for overall success. From the source of your leads to the win rate percentage by location and dollar range, we talk the indicators you should be tracking and analyzing for company and market share growth. Today's episode of Out of the Hourglass is sponsored by CompanyCam, the only app every contractor needs. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan, and I am your host today. And we're bringing back Andrew Amrine, our NCG Senior Coach and Director of Finance. How goes it, Andrew? Against better advice, you brought me back. I brought you back. You know, we decided to do a series on the last call, and we hung up, and I was like, well, shoot. We had such good interest. I'm stuck. (laughs) Talking more. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's always great to have you on here. I, I think we've picked a great topic to continue discussing. And that topic is the KPIs. And we're talking about KPIs by department. So the we last all time- We our breath in the staff meetings. Like who's Molly going to pick for the next podcast? We it's all- so true. <laughs> it's so true. Everyone's on there. Uh, everyone's, uh, I got I to gotta have all the voices on, you know? So I got to make sure that we uh, we represent the whole team. You know, Catherine's in the front of the room. She's she's like the oh, pick me, pick me, pick me, ooh, ooh, ooh. But who doesn't love a podcast with Catherine Freeman? She uh, she actually Always. just was on our podcast last week, so she's a she's a great a great contributor to the Out of the Hourglass. So let's dive in, Andrew. We are talking about uh, sales and marketing KPIs today. Um, the reason that we're doing this is because we you know forcefully believe here at NCG that KPIs are a critical component. Um, to your company's success. They are a a data point that we would encourage you are watching continuously. And there there are many data points, many KPIs that are important. Mm -hmm. And so what we did last time we connected is kind of did a a KPI review by department. So looking at six major departments in your company from sales to marketing, to inside ops, outside ops, to HR and to accounting. And we hit kind of top level, some KPIs within each of those departments, because all of those departments have important KPIs to be watching. And today we're going to kind of zero in on two of them, sales and marketing, which you would probably agree are more of the popular KPIs that we often hear about. Correct? Yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're making it easy on me here. We're starting with the most common ones. I appreciate that. You are welcome. We would, we would definitely say you can't grow unless you know your numbers. Uh, KPIs help bring meaning to the numbers uh, and help me make decisions. Uh, so you, you, we've got to be looking at some form of quantifiable data along the way 
Uh, and so definitely our, our goal here is to talk about KPIs for every department. So we're talking about the KPIs and more than just the basics of the general KPIs that we normally hear. And then how are they getting reviewed um, and how often should they be reviewed? Uh, but before we do that, Andrew, real quick, let's just redefine for our listeners, what is a KPI? Sure. Uh, what is a KPI and what is it not? Right. Um, a KPI, a measurable something, outcome, target, goal, item, a measurable something that can be tracked. What is it not? Well, you know, we talked about it last time. We, we like to say, I'm, I'm going to make decisions based on the numbers and the numbers, we're going to manage the business by numbers and the numbers will tell us what to do. Not really. Numbers give you an indication. That's why we call it a key performance indicator. So it's going to indicate a direction, a, a success, we're ahead or behind. But you know, I, there's probably a lot of people out there listening that have gone the direction they're going, despite what the numbers said. You know, team, I know the numbers are, are saying we're not, but we've got to keep going. I know it. I just, I know we're going to win. And the numbers say it, but it, the numbers say it, but I don't feel like that's what's happening. <laughs> that, 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 that feeling component can be dangerous. Yeah. Yep. So numbers are an indication of where you're headed. They're trying to track a progress ahead, behind, how far along we are. Uh, but there's there's always going to be um, a human element, decision making and problem solving uh, involved. Which I think that's a really good point to make. So that the numbers and the, the data points are really important, but the human decision factor cannot be forgotten in this conversation. For sure. So marketing and sales, we, we put these two together because we believe that the two are very much interconnected. Your, your marketing and your sales teams need to be talking to each other and sharing data points uh, because if you're not, you're, you're missing some key items and key communication points um, that would help you make future decisions. I mean, remember that that data is pretty cyclical. It's marketing mm -hmm. is putting out information um, and sales is selling and sales is getting information from your customers. And so how are they all working together? So let's dive into marketing first, Andrew, kind of where yeah. it all begins. Yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree. Marketing needs feedback from sales and sales needs feedback from marketing. A lot of times I find people get into marketing because they love tracking. So sales really benefits from the tracking that marketing does. Leads by source. Okay, the basics. Everybody ought to know every day, every week, every quarter, every year, how many leads did we get? Where did they come from? Okay, well, so let's go a little bit further. Um, how about win percent by source? So it's that second level of analysis that really gets us into some interesting information. So which, which of my sources am I, do I have the highest win percentage? You can also do revenue by source. Sometimes those are very different numbers. Which, which lead source is getting me the most revenue? So let's say, for example, you know, past customers, hopefully you've got a really high win percentage of past customers, but it only makes up 20% of your revenue. And Google or web leads, you've got a much lower win percentage 
among leads that come from the internet, but maybe it accounts for half of your revenue. All right, so that's good accounting. So now review it monthly. What do we want to do about it? What action can we take? Are we not capitalizing on past customers? I would venture to guess 90% of the people we're talking to probably recognize an opportunity to work more with past customers. Um, so or why, why, are, why are our rates, our win rates so low for the internet, the internet leads? And what can we be yeah. doing? Because clearly they're bringing us more revenue. Imagine if our win rate was 15% higher, how would that affect our revenue? All right. So here's another kind of cool idea that I've seen people do. In your customer database or, or CRM, whatever we want to call it, create a custom field or, or checkbox or, or drop down for past customer. So a lot of people have past customer as a label in their lead source list. So Google um, saw us around the neighborhood, past customer. Mm -hmm. Don't put past customer as a source. Put that as a separate um, uh, field, a separate item. You can check it, checkbox. Is this a past customer? Put a check mark. What that allows you to do, we talked a little bit about this on the first podcast, is now I can separate out new customers. How are we getting new business? And how are we getting repeat business? So sometimes you got to dig a little bit. When someone is a past customer, they say, well, I, I know my estimator, I knew this, or I've worked with you guys before. What prompted you to call us today? Did you see us at a community event? Was there anything that, that made you think of us? Did you hear us on the radio again? Did anything in particular bring us to mind? Yeah, that's, a, that's a really that good back. point, Andrew. So how are, how are they hearing about us? And then you can run two separate reports for new business and repeat business. And remember that, that, that question of digging and or, or peeling back a little bit um, involves getting your office involved or, or whoever's answering the phones and collect, collecting that information. It's giving them the word tracks to be able to peel back because it might be a little bit more uncomfortable. You, you know, someone calls and you just say, how'd you hear about us past customer? Okay. But it might feel a little bit more uncomfortable for someone to actually be doing the, the peeling back. So give, give your team the word tracks to find out that information. Yeah, that's right. It's getting in close. Yeah. Getting in, getting in close can be uncomfortable to really really peel them back. Um, so now you, you've got a nice level of analysis. Now, what I will say is most of the people in the audience can probably make a pretty good guess what their top source is. Mm -hmm. I would say that's not your concern. What are your two, three, four, five, six sources that past customers are getting, are hearing about you? And how can we accentuate those? So don't, don't just focus on the top. How are we, how are we moving up lower ones? So the two, three, four, five uh, number source or popular source, how are we moving those up? And then to your point, the ones low on the list, are we, are we spending money there and can we stop right. spending money there? And remember it's, it's important to have a healthy amount of different, of unique mm -hmm. sources. We don't want to be dependent upon one or two sources for making up 75% of your revenue, that's dangerous. That, I mean, if something goes awry, you've, you, you're putting your revenue and growth on the line. For sure. So another one I'll, I'll bring up here 
is value of an estimate. What is value of an estimate? Okay. So if I go out, we, we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast. So average sale would be sales divided by number of number of sales. So I sell $50,000, that's 10 sales. So the average is 5,000. Value of an estimate would be the dollar value sold. So the 50,000, but divided by the number of estimates it took to get there. That's a great number to know overall. So if I sold 50,000 and it took me 20 estimates to get there, then my average sale was 5,000. My value of an estimate is 2,500. So every estimate I go on is worth 2,500 bucks. From potentially that particular source. Because then you want to pull it back at two and look out, now where's that, that estimate coming from? Or where are those estimates coming from? Now we're speaking the same language. Mm-hmm. So I've got a, an overall number. And then by source, I know that, oh, this person found us through XYZ you know, this lead is really valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, we close a high percentage of these and every time, and dollar amounts just speak to people. You know, if I know that a particular lead source or even just overall, that every lead I go on is a thousand bucks, then I start counting my thousand bucks. Every appointment, that's a, another thousand bucks I made today. If I'm, if I have, so past customer, past customer is probably a very high value of an estimate. What you'll find is where your high average sales are coming from or where your high average estimates are coming from. It's one of the things that kind of sticks out is we don't get a whole lot of estimates from this particular source, but the estimates we get are really high and we have a really high value of that estimate. So you, you, you triangulate, you, we, so we have win rate by source total sales by source, and then the value of an estimate in that source. And those three things can really triangulate at a, at a deeper level where to really spend your money and have really great discussion about why that's the case. I mean, it's, it's that example you just gave that shows how, how closely the marketing and sales are related and, and is why these departments need to be closely communicating. Mm-hmm. One more, Andrew, that I, you know, we haven't necessarily talked about before, and I, you've mentioned it from a sales perspective, um, and that's, you know, prospecting activities, which is a KPI under sales, and we'll, we'll, we'll visit that in a moment. But I think um, a marketing KPI that you can be talking about is um, events or external activities that your company is participating in on a monthly basis. So how often are you getting mm-hmm. into the community? Are you get so when you when you look at them at, at the year you see maybe you do more in the summer where how is that affecting your, your leads that are coming in? The more that you're seen in that community doing things out amongst the people, obviously it's going to affect the number of leads coming in. That's right. So uh, this is one that spans both sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. We have marketing people they're, they're They ought to be going to networking events too, or, or attending events or something. So this is one where I think it's a quantity versus quality measurement. So qualitative, you know, it's, I don't really want to first measure the quality of things. It's first about just behaviors, counting the number of networking events I went to, um, counting the behaviors, the number of doors I knocked on, um, 
the number of commercial venues that I stopped in at during my day, you know, de- you know, dentist office, you're driving around all day and every dentist office you see, you stop in and say, Hey, well, you know, we can paint your building too. Mm-hmm. Um, or repairs, you know, how many, you know, think of the roofers. One of, one of the, um, one of my customers does this great. He stops in at job sites. How many job sites, do, commercial job sites are you stopping in at trying to meet the foreman and the project managers? So counting those behaviors and it, it becomes fun. Um, make it visual, little tick marks, you know, how many, how many prospecting business development behaviors have I done this week and make it a, a little leaderboard, give out gift cards, $5, $5 for coffee for whoever wins the race this week. Yeah. Make it fun. Make it competitive. And now Andrew, especially you- as, sorry, especially as a lot of companies are booking farther and farther out, there's huge demand right now. Right, so right now would be a great time to start reinforcing the business uh, relationship and business development activities and track it, make it fun. We pause for a quick moment to remind you that today's episode is sponsored by company cam. Hey contractor, I have the solution for all your photo documentation needs. No more texting or emailing photos to your crews or searching through countless folders to find out who or where you left off on a job site. Company Cam makes it dead simple to communicate, document, and problem solve with guys in the field no matter where you are. Company Cam brings documentation, communication, and liability protection together in one simple, easy-to-use app for you and your entire team. Take unlimited photos and videos, share custom reports, create flawless before and afters, and even communicate and share progress with homeowners with galleries and project timelines, all from your smartphone. Company Cam, the only app every contractor needs. Check it out and get started free at www.getcompanycam.com or in your app store. And now back to our episode. So how are we looking at these marketing KPIs in general, Andrew? And are, what kind of tools do you see companies using, um, whether it be reports that have been created from a CRM or, mm-hmm. or how often are we, are we looking at this information? Is it, I mean, some of it's weekly, but some of it's monthly. Yeah, I, I can't help it. Uh, a shameless plug uh, for the sales meeting report that we created. Uh, that's just a Google sheet, uh, but it's pretty cool. Um, in terms of so tracking it, spreadsheets, uh, exporting data, um, pipeline deals is very popular. Estimate rocket is very popular. So, uh, you know, online CRMs are ubiquitous at this point. Um, and utilize, I, I mean, the, the reporting features that any of your, your systems that you're currently using have, there's, there's a, probably a lot more available to you than you actually think from a, from a data yeah. standpoint. I think you're right. I think a lot of people also put a lot of pressure on themselves to use every part of their CRM. Uh, There's so much here I could be using. Pick one thing that you could be using and get that implemented. In terms of data, you know, I think you can monitor progress weekly, but the monthly marketing meeting to really have a meaningful amount of data in that particular month, review the quarter, review the year, um, you know, I, I monthly, a monthly review is in order. Yeah. So a monthly review for KPIs. And if you're meeting weekly for marketing, it's more about decisions, um, on creative and activities mm-hmm. that you're doing, but the KPI mm-hmm. information is primarily for your monthly review. 
Yeah. So I, it makes me think we're, as we lead into the sales um, metrics, the business development, um, you know, another one to look at monthly, uh, a lot of people look at win rate for their sales reps, win rate by month, win, win rate this year um, for the company, for the sales rep. I would add again, the, the second level analysis, win rate by dollar range. So we talked about in the marketing world, win rate by source. Mm-hmm. Now look at win rate by dollar range. All right. So why is that important? Well, typically what I find is that if you break jobs up into meaningful increments, so let's say in the residential world, maybe a thousand dollar increments in the commercial world, um, maybe a $5,000 increment because you have much bigger size, bigger spread of, of jobs. But you're going to find that in the lower increments, you have a much higher close rate. And in the higher increments, you have a much lower close rate. And in the most competitive range, you can, you can see most people have a good sense of the most competitive range when, when customers are getting, getting bids that are half their price. I'd call that the most competitive range. Close rates are lower. So how as a sales team are we maximizing the time we spend? Am I, am I spending an equal amount of time with all of those size ranges? Because I shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. If you've got a, a job that's on the lower end of the size range, close it right there. Ask for the sale. Follow up with a phone call. Schedule a next step agreement. But if you're if you know you've got a job size in that most competitive range, go back. Schedule schedule follow-ups in person. Spend more time with those bids. And if you know, I, I know that some people might say this is blasphemy because they want to treat every every bid equally. Not every bid is equal. And if I spend less time with a five uh, you know a two thousand dollar estimate and I lose it, but I spent more time with a $10,000 estimate and I won it, I just quadrupled my my return. I lost two, but I gained 10. So, you know, it's, there's, there's a prior, there's only so many hours in the day and I'm, I need to help my team. If I'm a sales manager, I want to help my team prioritize their time and see where the opportunities are. Win rate by dollar range is one of them. Well, that's where the, the, like the, the, the people factor comes in or the human decision factor comes in. It's okay. We have this information. How are we choosing to spend our time? And that's, that's, that becomes a team decision. And so again, it's, we're not strictly looking at numbers. We're looking at numbers that are going to then guide a conversation. Play that, roll that ball forward, play it forward a little bit. And you're also going to have different people who are talented at different things. You may find you, you have a, a sales rep that's better at bigger jobs. Mm-hmm. And other sales reps that are really great at the smaller jobs. So allocate, try. I mean, that that's pretty tough. It's really hard to know what size the job is going to be without seeing it. But you can start to qualify a little better. You can filter larger jobs. When when someone's on a large job that maybe is struggling a little bit, have, have some discussions about it with the other rep that's doing well with larger jobs. You start, you start to have discussions as a sales team that way. Coaching amongst your own team. 
Yeah. I mean, let's work together at this. Some, some competition is good. Friendly competition is good, Mm -hmm. but isolating competition where nobody talks to each other, that's not acceptable. Now, Andrew, you also mentioned, so you have the win rate by dollar range, but there's also ways to look at win rate by location and by the type of the work that's coming at you. Yeah. So type of work is big and there are definitely in sales. There are people that specialize in different types of work. So when, when, percent by job type. Great one. Win percent by location. Where are your best locations? Don't assume you know your best locations because there are pockets. So some people look at that by zip code, uh, postal route. You can, you can easily find, you know, where postal routes are. A lot of, a lot of people create their own territories because uh, they know their territory well. So you can label it a particular territory um, if it's within a, a certain area and then look at win rates. Um, and then all, all the other marketing stuff applies to um, value of an estimate by location, mm-hmm. sources by location. Uh, it gets fun when you adding that second level of, of analysis, you can really start digging in. And you mentioned that um, that sales report uh, a few minutes ago and talking about how are we tracking this information. And that sales report encompasses all of these things from a marketing and sales perspective. Yeah, I can't so- emphasize enough. Number one, it's really frustrating for people who are tracking this stuff to it for it never to get looked at. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of the number one things I hear, what, what do you enjoy most about your role? When someone actually looks at the reports I'm making, that's what they say. So if you're having people tracking stuff, look at it, make a point of reviewing it. Um, Two, if you start looking at the information, people will magically start documenting more. So if you're not getting the information you want, if you make a point of reviewing it, funny, all of a sudden people start recording things a little bit more. So either way it works, make make a point of of reviewing it regularly. Yeah, they'll they'll begin to feel called out almost in a sense if they're not providing the information that is being looked at on a regular basis. Yeah, and, and it, that um, and it gets fun when people start seeing why am I doing this? Oh, I'm doing it because it fills out this chart, and I really like that chart. So now I'm, I want to go update my stuff. That happens a lot. Oh man, this chart's cool. Yeah, can I update my stuff? Mm-hmm. Getting back to the why. Mm-hmm. So then another one I want to throw out because I want to give props to inside sales as well, because a lot of companies have inside sales role, um, either resource coordinator or or some some type of of inside sales role. Um, And, you know, tracking a cancellation rate is something that a lot of people have gotten into. How many estimates are being canceled and then looking at what was causing it? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times it's obvious. It's the time of year. We're getting really booked out. Um, but it can also tell you certain things if, if certain areas are canceling, um, if certain types of work, certain job sizes, job sizes, um, it was there, was there something we can look out for in the future? Uh, it's just, it's not, it's not really something people often pay attention to like, it's a bummer. You know, we had some estimates canceled, but I would track it. I mean, even, even 
to the point of, are they canceling because of communication issues, because of issues with the rep that they've been dealing with? Those are things that you want to know. Mm-hmm. And so make sure that you, you're, you're asking those questions. Yeah. Internal as well as external. Yep. Which is why, why it might be happening. Which I think kind of brings us to a nice transition point for our next uh, podcast when we're talking about the office and then the field. It's both kind of that inside and operations uh, departments where we'll focus on those KPIs because the office is a, plays a really important role in in just moving things along within within your business. The and systems, it often gets overlooked. It does. Of how do we track what the office does? They bring value to everything. They're moving things along. So yep. how do we how do we get these support roles that play a more indirect um, participation in what's going on. How do we, how do we get them involved and have some fun tracking stuff and making things better? Well, I think we'll all look forward to that next conversation. Yeah. I, cause I personally think that it's one that I'm not as familiar with. Um, and I would, would likely think that that probably falls the same for a lot of our listeners as well. Um, but just to highlight the, the important role that the inside ops play, as well as the outside operations, the, the guys doing the, the, the feet on the street, putting the paint on the wall, putting down the seal code on the, on, on the streets, the ones, you know, production is, is huge. Um, so we'll, we'll hit those in our next, our next conversation, Andrew. That was a good teaser. I think we've got people interested. I think we do. This is fun. Thanks, Maul. Great All to right. be here with you. Awesome, Andrew. Well, everyone, we will see you next time when we talk about inside ops and outside ops. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm with coaches located around the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for a future episode? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com. 